When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it has been a little while since we've heard this next voice on the overnight crowd, but fantastic to have him back. And it must mean, as we know across this weekend, that cricket has started back up again. And we welcome back from the inner sanctum, John O'Barrook. How are you, John? It's great to have you back as part of the overnight crowd. It's great to be back with you, Jen. It's been a while, but it's great to be back talking with you on the overnight crowd. Now, I will definitely touch base on part of your trip because it's been, um, there, there's lots that you got up to that I'm interested in sharing with the overnight crowd as well. But let's k- kick it off with the One Day International in Townsville on Sunday. Australia, the five wicket winners in the end, so a fairly easy victory, I suppose, over Zimbabwe, but it was a match that also had some nice, I suppose, emotional and honouring moments for Roy as well. Yeah, well... For starters, the summer cricket began in winter, so <laughs> I think that I think that's a first for Australia for a good ten or fifteen years now. I haven't had a game played in the top end of Australia for a long time. Not since they used to do the top end tours in Darwin and Cairns, but nonetheless, there was a Australian cricket in, and and also really important for Australia to get these series in, particularly the ODI series with the Super League and just needing to find a window, and especially with how packed the schedule is now, just being able to find somewhere where the climate's pretty good. It's um, pretty decent up in um, Townsville and Kansas time of year. I'd rather rather be up there than back in freezing cold Melbourne, although I can't really complain, but it's um, it's a good spot to have cricket and yeah, Australia looked like from the team that they put out there that they were taking, taking the game pretty seriously, like it's the road to the World Cup and they're trying to find their right combinations and don't know how much they're going to learn in these three upcoming games against Zimbabwe, it's more about them trying to find different things that might work in a World Cup in just over 12 months' time. We sort of went in quite all-rounder heavy when you've got Stoinis, who can obviously bowl and bat, Mitch Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Cameron Green, for example. Like, that sort of chunk of players is, is really hits into that all-rounder status. We did name our batting order, the like Finch, Warner, okay, they're, they're the locks as the openers at the moment. Steve Smith went back up to number three. And I suppose in the batting order, the one that was most interesting was Alex Carey at four. Well, that's clearly got an eye towards the World Cup in India. 
media where Alex Carey is a very good player of spin and you just know with the World Cup being in India, spin is going to play a role. Interesting, coming back to your point about the all-rounders, Jen, um, Cameron Green listed at number eight to come in. So I, I know he did a fair bit of damage with the ball, which we'll talk about in a sec, but I I'm not sure if the all-rounder heavyweight is going to be the way to go. There was obviously Manus Labuschagne missed out, and he usually bats at number four. And you mentioned Steve Smith going back up to number three as well. So it's really trying to, again, just trying to find the right combinations that work. And I guess they've got two games coming up now against Zimbabwe and three against New Zealand, and then also three against England. And then that's kind of it until the World Cup for the moment on the schedule. Um, it's mainly just trying to find out what's going to work for them and using the conditions that they can, like the wicket out in Townsville was it's pretty humid, but it was a pretty dry deck, which is going to be very similar to what you're going to get over in India. So it's trying to work out what's what works and how they might shape up over there in the time and I thought that for Australia, when you look at our order, Finch and Warner trying to you know, use that top um, 10, the first 10 power play type idea. Smith and Carey, maybe a bit more your anchors and you know 360-degree type scorers. And then you go out-and-out power when you look at Stoinis Marsh and then Maxwell following each other up. And, and Cam Green, we know, can clear the fence, as mentioned. So I wonder, with this balance, what we do see maybe shift in the next couple of games as well. But um, you, know, you can't. Uh, to see Glenn Maxwell finish the game 32 off just the nine deliveries and finish it with, you know, two big sixes to, to get it done. he He's a luxury item for us when it comes to one-day cricket. Well you, ho- well, you hope he gets a chance to have an innings again in these <laughs> next true. couple of games because that could be quite something against uh, Zimbabwe in attack. But again, it is such a luxury, as you mentioned, to have him there at number seven to either come in and finish off an innings or come in and finish game or if it does happen where this is Australian cricket and you have a batting collapse that is just sitting there at number seven after you've lost a clump of wickets and he can come in and rebuild and can go through the gears really quickly. So I don't think he'll be batting as low as seven come the World Cup. I think he might rise up a couple of positions considering, obviously, conditions and picking on matchups with the way that limited overs cricket is going these days and where it's all very matchup-based and heavy so I don't know if he'll be batting that low come the World Cup, but it is interesting. And as you mentioned, it is a real luxury to just have him there at number seven, being able to clear the fence for fun. Yeah, then Cam Green's coming up behind. Speaking of Cam Green, a five for, for him, five for 33 off just the nine overs. And Adam Zampa with his leggies coming back after missing a series with um, paternity leave, he took three for 57 from 10. So they were our two best wicket takers. But Cameron Green, speaking of luxury items, that is entirely the box that he ticks, doesn't he? Like comes from a huge height, uh, bowls quick, and as a batter has all of the shots in the book and a power game. Well, he's just enhancing his reputation as one of the most exciting things in Australian cricket in a long, long time. Just to be able to come in and do what he does. Only, only really had a taste of Australian white ball cricket earlier this year in Pakistan and Sri Lanka. So this is his first real go at it in Australia. You can see him getting 
these three games. You can see him having a look at the New Zealand games as well before I don't think he's going to quite make the T20 World Cup squad, which will be announced, I think, later this week um, to, to, to be, if, if I, I'm... If I'm correct, that's being announced later this week. But I think they're definitely looking at him as someone who can be a real impact and a real handful in India as well in in that upcoming World Cup as someone who can play as a third team, especially if you want to play a couple of frontline spinners to go with the likes of Maxwell and, hey, maybe Steve Smith and Manus Labashain in the squad as well. He can send down a few tweakers. So Australia played game two on Wednesday, um, hoping to see, I think, a a nice crowd of school kids, I can imagine. What a day to just have an excursion up in Townsville. All the schools should be getting there, without a doubt, to see their heroes go through. Speaking of heroes going through, the BBL draft, the international draft, was on Sunday night. Did you follow it? I did follow along with it. I didn't watch the event, but I did follow it along. I've seen some of the commentary about it. I can understand why it might have fallen a bit flat. And I think it just, I think it really, all it really is, Jen, it's just falling into the thing that we're still really confused as to what the Big Bash is and what we want the Big Bash to be. Is that you see so many, you see so many leagues and competitions popping up who can pay the big bucks pay the big bucks for the big stars to attract them in for a shorter amount of time where that's a more attractive option for all the big names such as your Andre Russell, your Dwayne Bravos, your Faftu Fusid, your Jason Royce, all these guys who are listed as platinum players in the draft. But from a BBL club perspective, you can almost understand the rationale of them not being picked because they'll be here for five games only. You're paying top dollar and a top draft pick to get them in and they're only going to be around for five days and that's a significant amount of money to get them in so it's almost not worth the investment so I think you could see from a lot of the clubs last night that they were picking players who were going to be there for more than half the games and someone that you can actually get a decent amount of service out of like a James Mintz, a Laurie Evans, a Tamal Mills, a Kiel Hossein, even for the Melbourne Renegades as well, just someone who they know they're going to be there for almost the full tournament. They can do a job with the bat or the ball, depending on why they were picked. And I think that it's also a big indication that, yeah, as much as Cricket Australia might not know what they want the BBL to be, BBL clubs are they're taking it seriously and they're looking to win titles and they want to build the squads and they want to build squads and develop talent. Yeah, I think there might have been a slight sort of marketing push that was more about this player will get people through the gate for five games and that'll be an amazing from a marketing perspective versus the teams going, this is a premier competition and we are in it to win it and, and going through with their strategies that way. An interesting one is, is Colin de Grunholm for uh, the Strikers who on Monday morning we had New Zealand cricket come out and say, well, we haven't been approached for him to have his um, no objection certificate um, done. So <laughs> maybe the Strikers don't have Colin. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting that's an interesting one as well. And of course everyone will say, Well, what about Trent Bolt? Well Trent Bolt's been released from his central New Zealand contract and has worked out a deal that he can just 
almost come back to New Zealand whenever, not whenever, not whenever he wants. But he's not contracted by um, the New Zealand Cricket Board to have to be in New Zealand at that time to play in their um, domestic competition, like I guess Colin de Gronholm is contractually obligated to do. So that's a story to watch out for. Maybe this. Maybe maybe Andre Russell will be in the Big Bash after all because the strikers will have an extra player that they can sign. Yeah, we'll have to uh, watch, watch this space more with the BBL, no doubt. Uh, let, let's take a quick break here. We'll keep John O'Brook on the line speaking, speaking some more cricket when we return. But for now, we've got a break here on the Sports Entertainment Network. This is Jen Wallace on The Overnight Crowd. Back soon for more cricket. Returning here on the overnight crowd to continue our chat, John O'Brook is sticking around from the inner sanctum and uh, we're chatting all the cricket news across the globe as well. John let's continue the chat. The England versus South Africa test series is occurring over in the English summer at the moment and you couldn't have two more one-sided games. So South Africa winning by an innings in the first test and then England doing the exact same in the reverse in the second test. What is the third test going to show us? If England don't fall into the same trap as South Africa did, then I, I, I can honestly see England running away with it. I think this second test was just a case of South Africa outsmarting themselves. They really didn't need to change their lineup. And uh, I don't know about you, Jen, but I can't really remember South Africa ever going into a test match with two spinners, and especially at, we, at the expense of a fast bowler and a fast bowler who performed reasonably well in the first test where they and you get you get to the game it's a grey day as it usually is in Manchester and it's going to do a bit and you win the toss and you decide to bat and then you see James Anderson standing at the top of his mark at the James Anderson end and it's, you just think yeah this game will be over in about three days time and sure, sure it will, I think, sure it was and it was a perfect game for England. Yeah, the the top order didn't really get going, but Basball lived on and it lived on through their um talisman and captain and Ben Stokes and Ben Stokes made a fine hundred as well, really just continued to solidify his place in that team as England's number one Glubman, which is um great to see and um Ben Stokes, um what more can you say about him? Just him bowling to do something for his team when his body's close to failing him, but he keeps pushing himself through. He really is an inspirational character for all cricket lovers and all cricket followers. I know has given us Australian fans some nightmares. Just you have to mention the word headingly and you um, shudder and start <laughs> rocking back and forth with shivers, but he really is a special, special cricketer and I think if you watch his documentary, which is out on Amazon Prime, which I urge everyone to go and watch because it is not just about a cricketer and an athlete. It's about someone who really is a champion for health and change and trying to perform at the top of your game and acknowledging that when it is time to take a step back, that it is perfectly okay to take a step back. He's just He's someone that we as cricket lovers are really lucky to have in the game and I love watching him perform. 
Yeah, I think he's, when we talk about those players that get you through the gate, he is right up there in in the top, you know, three to five, uh, I think, for globally uh, cricketers. Cr- cricket fans love to see what he can do because he can impact the bat with the bat and with the ball. And I haven't had a chance to check out that doco on um, Amazon Prime yet, so I, I must make time to do that because I've heard some really good things. And uh, to keep going with the chat, before we have to to pause it with you, John O'Brook from the Inner Sanctum is who we are chatting with at the moment. You also got the chance on your travels to head across to Lords, so tick off a bucket list item, and you saw the 100. What was it like as a live experience? Yeah, it was in, it was really interesting to head across to Lords, obviously, the home of the London spirit, um, the Shane Warne coached London spirit. There was a great tribute to the great man before their first home game, which was um, really great to see, great respect around the crowds. A few Australians doing battle. You had um, Sean Abbott performing for the Manchester Originals, and you had um, in the London spirit side, you had one Glenn Maxwell and one Nathan Ellis, who it was good fun. Maxi Maxi flicked Sean, Sean Abbott off his um, off his pad for a six. Um, really, really interesting format. Really interesting game. Look, I'm I'm not a T20 lover. I'm not a hundred lover. I don't I don't know if it's the gonna be the answer that England. English cricket is really looking forward to keep bringing people through the gates. But look, it was the atmosphere was fantastic. There were plenty of families and young kids in the crowd, many of them seeing cricket for the first time as well. So it is a way to get them in. There was plenty of colour, plenty of flair, and again, again, just like just like our previous conversation with the big with the big dash, you can get the big names and the stars of the sport to put on a show like they did, like the game that I was at. You had Maxwell, Pollard, Russell, Butler, all these massive names in the game of cricket from around the world, which some of them would have been the first time seeing Glenn Maxwell bat. And you think of that as Australians and go like, well, how is that? How is that possible? So it is serving its purpose for the time being as to whether or not it will really touch on and be there like do we need a fourth um, format of cricket I don't know like the schedule's packed enough and particularly with the um with the whispers coming out of England that they're gonna move the Ashes series next year to June July to accommodate the 100 in August it's just tells you a little bit about where the game of cricket is going to with all these domestic leagues and formats and yeah. whatnot. So it, it was certainly an experience, I'll, I'll tell you that. But I was just I was just pretty happy to go to Lords, actually. Just it's... coming to think of it by the end of it. But, yeah, certainly interesting. Have you watched any of it? I have. I am actually a big fan of the 100. I think that it's put um, the BBL under pressure. I think the IPL is a whole se- separate sort of entity, really, and obviously with the fact that their franchises are now – you know, buying into other countries' tournaments. Uh, they are a force that is unstoppable. But, yeah, I like the 100. I think they broadcasted exceptionally well. And, yeah, I obviously haven't been to a live game of it, but I do think they do the broadcast exceptionally well. It comes across really well as a TV product, and it does seem like it's getting supported really well, both male and female versions of it. So I feel like instead of just doing another T21, I think they've done the right thing in having something slightly slightly different that challenges everyone's 
in a, diff- a different perspective. So I've turned into a bit of a fan of it. I, I thought I wouldn't be, but I actually am finding myself really, really enjoying it, um, I suppose. So, look, before I let you go now, we another part of your trip, which is – well, I mean, it's unique to me. It's not something that I had even probably been nearly aware of enough other than um, hearing through you. And forgive me if I say it wrong, but the Maccabia is something that you went to when we last spoke. That's where you're heading off to over in Israel, a, a huge, huge sporting event. It, it, it's bigger than anything I've ever seen. I looked up some of the stats on it and incredible amount of people involved. Yeah, well, it was the second largest sporting event in the world, the Maccabee Games, who nailed it there, Jen. Yes. But it was quite special to be involved in and be part of Team Australia, the Australian delegation. We left on the 6th of July with a delegation of over 560 people for context. That's, that's more people in our delegation than the team that went to Tokyo in 2021. So it was a big delegation, a big operation across Israel. You just had all 64 different countries represented in the Games and being there on the ground as part of the um, media crew for Team Australia and running around and just being a part of all the action and all the fun. It was really, really, really quite special and to have athletes from 15 years old all the way up to 72 years old representing Australia and winning medals might I add as well across a range of different sports and it's just it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before in my life it was a really really special experience. Yeah, well, I'm pleased that you got to go to it and thank you for sharing a little bit of insight into it. But uh, yeah, I did at, at the time when you went across, I, I looked it up and um, oh yeah, I was, was really like blown away by the amount of, of people participating in it. And I thought this is this is something I definitely have to remember to ask you about when we next get the chance to speak, which is now. So thank you so much for joining us once again on the Overnight Crowd. Enjoy the fact that cricket is back and uh, trying to fit that in amongst your AFL and AFLW watching and, and the rest of life as well. But, yeah, thanks for your time tonight, Jono. I thought we weren't going to mention um, Jen. I'm still a bit... Um... Still, still a bit heartbroken from last Sunday at the MCG, but big game for your Dockers on Saturday night. How are you feeling? Well, guess what? It's supposed to rain, so um, <laughs> that always makes me more nervous. Uh, I'm actually just genuinely excited. I think that the feel around town so far has been genuinely excited. Oddly, driving into work today, the Madagarra Bridge was lit up in Fremantle colours, but the Crown Towers was lit up in West Coast colours and then Optus Stadium was lit up in Optus colours. So three different people having control of the buttons tonight and, yeah, I was like, okay, we're, we're still a little bit split here as a, as a, as a town, but, um, yeah, it just seems people are starting to get really excited in Perth about Frio and their chances, so I'm excited. Well, well finals footy is definitely gripping Melbourne and gripping Australia and, for your sake, Jen, let's hope our boy um, Nathan O'Driscoll has a big say in Saturday night. <laughs> yes, please. Another wobbler from the pocket would be great. We'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for your time, Jono. Have a great week. No worries, Jen. Looking forward to chatting throughout the summer. Jono Baruch joining us from the Inner Sanctum here on the Overnight Crowd. Time for your calls and your texts when we return. Thanks for your company.
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.